Welcome to Digfin Vox, the podcast brought to you by Digital Finance Media. Digfin is a new online media platform covering the people and organizations using technology to transform financial services. In 1984, a movie was released starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, which showed a post-apocalyptic future where robots were bent on world domination and the extinction of the human race. Now in 2017, bots have finally started to take over in real life, but as it turns out, they're not trying to kill us, at least for the moment. Rather, they're looking to sell us mutual funds. My name is Dave Swifler, and I'm the last of a ragtag group of human podcasters in the heart of the Bronx in New York City. I'm speaking with James DiBiazio, editor at Digital Finance Media, about his story on Young Feng Financial Group which has recently launched a robo-advisor to help Hong Kong customers buy mutual funds with a process that's free of paper and humans. Jane, you're close to the recent developments at Young Fang. Is it a sales gimmick, a new paradigm in the mutual fund industry, or would it be too bold to say that this marks the beginning of the termination of human beings in the financial services arena, at least? Uh, okay, uh, the end of all human life as we know it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought. No. This is a big yes, story. That's it. So, so, so the, the podcast's over. We can all go home. Uh, you um, kind of buried the lead a little bit on this one, James. Okay, sorry, sorry. No, uh, it's it's not that for sure. Um, <clears throat> what this is is the start of what I think could be. It, it's the first example, and I think we're going to see a lot more examples. I don't think Yun Feng is and their app is the be all end all. It's not the it's not the end game, but it's a very interesting addition to the mix, and I think it's going to have. By by setting an example, it will um, it will start changes or continue changes in the way that investment products are are consumed, which I think could be net net beneficial. Uh, and we can talk a little bit about that. But uh, so I think it's it's a modest start. I don't think by itself it's going to uh, it's going to create anything transformative. But I think the that. The way they approach the problems of how to sell funds is is interesting. What do you see as the big change coming out of this? Is it uh, are human beings being removed from the equation here, or is it just a more streamlined way to uh, set up conversations that ultimately get routed to advisors? Well, I think the let's take a step back. Uh, the way that funds are sold in Asia and the way the funds are sold in North America or uh, the UK. Uh, is different. Uh, so in the U.S., for example, uh, and also in Britain, funds are sold as part of somebody's wealth package. Uh, they're sold by financial advisors, and they tend to be uh, wrapped up around tax and other issues because taxes are high. And that's why we have the whole 401k thing in the U.S. 401k is a is a tax uh, code. So Mutual fund investing has always grown up around long-term investments to save money on the tax side. In Asia, that doesn't exist. Uh, funds have always been a side business. They're not the main way that people save uh, for, their, for their retirement. That's usually through property. And so funds have always been this strange cousin that are treated more as trading tools. And they're tr- – and it's uh, – they're – sold through bank channels or through brokers. And when I say brokers, I don't mean like in independent financial advisors. I mean brokers that are really trying to churn stuff. Mm-hmm. So so as a result, funds don't get uh, bought here 
the saying is, you don't, you know, funds don't get bought, they get sold. I, you you know, they need a, a broker type transaction to, to push them. And they, they, they tend to be used as trading vehicles rather than long-term investment vehicles. And so the funds penetration rate in Asia is low. So what this app does is try to make it easier for people to get access to a range of products in a way that makes sense for them. And what it replaces or tries to replace is that that sales relationship at a bank or an old school brokerage. I think that it's applicable if it's designed differently or designed better. It could also apply to how people consume investments in the West, particularly, I think, for millennials. But uh but but it's the heart of it was around this issue of that most funds are being sold. And when you go into a bank to buy a fund because of all the, the compliance and the regulation, there's a lot of paperwork. You've got to fill out a lot of documents. The process I've done it. The process sucks. Mm. And it's really it's 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 kind of a, a downer for everybody. Um, and this kind of this app, like a lot of these technologies, removes a lot of that. And you go in and you're you're supposed to have a lot more flexibility. We've we've seen this in the West with uh, with the robo advisor, uh, but what this does is, and maybe we could talk about. <clears throat> I think the other big difference, you know, why is this different from other robo advisors? David, would you like to ask me why this is different from other robo advisors? James, why is this different from other robo advisors? This is different from other robo advisors, and thank you for asking the question, Dave. <laughs> uh, this is different because it is um, really geared for active fund managers to be on the platform, so. Uh, Wealthfront, which sort of invented uh, Wealthfront and Betterment, which invented this thing in, in the U.S., um, and, and all the other robo-advisors that I've come across, uh, that's not a statistically significant number, but it's a few, they all deal with um, passive investments. They're all tools that get you invested very cheaply into ETFs, and that's the, that's the, that's the underlying uh, tool to get you invested into the markets, so low-cost, passive. Um, but the the Yunfeng app, which they call uh, Yo Yu, which means uh, have fish, which is a Chinese um, expression, the fish mean abundance. Uh, it is only for actually their platform has has a lot of active fund managers on it. They don't have passive fund managers on it, and so when they when you do your risk assessment, and the risk assessment is based around um, gamification and some some concepts that come out of the gambling world. Uh, to, to assess what kind of risk taker you really are and what your needs are, um, they create a, a, a range, a very a much more deep set of of selections around uh, active tools. So it's traditional active fund management companies like Axe Investment Managers, Pine Bridge, uh, T Rowe Price, and there's a whole bunch of others that are on board with this thing. And this is the first time that I've seen, and again, there might be other examples out there I'm just ignorant of, but it's the first one I've come across where we have a technology solution that is actually trying to help the active asset management world. And, uh, you know, these guys have, have had their lunch eaten by the passive world, by the vanguards, uh, by the, 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 the ETF arms of, of, of BlackRock and, and State Street. And this is the first time I've seen something that could let these guys get back into the game. I guess I'm a little, I'm still a little confused. This is geared when you say towards active, uh, you know, the active investor. Are you talking about institutional or, or individual? Well, what they did is they used the same tools that are 
used uh, to create manager selection for institutional investors like a pension fund mm -hmm. or a sovereign mm -hmm. fund or you know some kind of big institutional money uh, and they're applying that inside the app so again a, a, a standard traditional robo advisor which is geared for the consumer is very simplistic um, with some minimal information it gives you usually three to five choices of like low risk medium high uh, and then it puts you into corresponding ETF type things that give you a very simple uh, asset allocation. Based on your risk this, profile. Based on your risk profile. And that's what YoYo does too. But they are – they're adding more layers to the to the equation basically. And so they are adding um, analyses that mimic what a pension fund manager might do when he or she is looking to select uh, funds. So there's a lot more variety of funds. There's a lot more uh, – um, I guess the, the grid of possibilities uh, between um, risk and ability to take risk is more, is, is deeper. And, um, and, and the selection process is feels more like what an institutional investor does rather than what a consumer might do. Uh, and so it's lending it that air sophistication. And, and so the, the issue around the active fund managers is simply that they're the underlying vehicles that you as a consumer would be accessing through this app, as opposed to ETFs, which are passive. Got it. So uh, who gets disrupted uh, by this new model and uh, who benefits? The winners would be active asset management companies, because as I said, this is the first time I've seen something that's trying to help them become friendly to people that are investing via apps as opposed to walking into a bank. Um, and, and that I think would be, and that's why I think this is interesting because that could, the, the active fund managers are on the back foot around the world. It's not just an Asia thing. Uh, so apps that help them get their products in front of consumers is going to be a, a big win for them. Uh, consumers potentially could win. Um, and I guess the other winners would be the guys who are backing this particular venture, if this venture is the one that ends up taking off, um, which include uh, David Yu, a Chinese entrepreneur, and his partner in this, who owned the, the parent holding company, Jack Ma, from uh, of Alibaba fame. The, the losers, potentially, um, in, specifically within the Asia marketplace, would be independent financial advisors. Um, I mentioned that everything is sold through banks. Almost everything is sold through banks. There are in Hong Kong and Singapore uh, and a few other places, there are some small IFAs, independent financial advisors or planners. They would, they would lose from this technology. Um, potentially, the big banks and brokerage companies that currently dominate the sales of mutual funds if this app really ever took off, um, they would see a lot of competition, um, and and some of them might decide to, to throw in the towel because many of them aren't really getting the kind of revenues they used to get on these products anyway. Uh, but I think that the plus the they're most using humans, right? I mean, that's got to cost more than using a robot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I mean, they, they have advantages built in too, right? They've got huge customer base. They've got the branding. They've got other things they can sell. Um, you know, you can go in and. They can sell a, a, a broader range of product, but yes, they are they are relying on on people-to-people -people contact at least for now. We'll see how well the banks innovate that side of it because they're not static players. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the other losers potentially from this, because of the the way that this app is using the kind of tools and processes that traditionally were identified with how institutional investors like a pension fund would choose a fund manager, 
it's those other ancillary uh, companies that provide those kinds of services could see uh, this isn't being targeted at their pension fund customers, but I could see why not if if the app is good enough, or is it as, as these things or, or or competitors like this app come out to to target that institutional marketplace? Why not? Because we're seeing it; it it's now much easier to do this. So, the the fund ratings agencies like Morningstar and Lipper, I think they've got a big problem that this app is a, is a success. I think media groups that work with those fund rating agencies uh, like CityWire, which has um, a very nice website, but it might be completely outdated um, uh, as soon as this, as, as this uh, Yunfeng app takes some, takes some root. Uh, and then the investment consultants who provide uh, selection list of managers to pension funds, they have other businesses they can fall back on. They're, they're primarily rooted in, in, in um, HR and, and other types of things. But you know, that little sideline of, of choosing managers for pension funds. Why do you need that if it can actually be done much better by a computer? Yeah. Um, so uh, you listed the, uh, uh, consumers as a potential winner here. Uh, and, and certainly, you know, it gives them more choice. If I were going to play devil's advocate, though, I mean, you're giving consumers access to uh, vehicles and, and uh you know, financial uh, instruments that were really only used by institutional, they're higher risk. I mean, do, do you see any risks there or is that is the protections built into the regulation? Well, the, the young thing people will say that it's you're only going to see products that match your suitability. Um, and remember that in, in China, these guys, although they're, they're marketing this product in Hong Kong, they're, they're, they're based in China. And in China, the the way that uh, the, I guess the, the depth and, and the power of credit scoring and these things are, are far more advanced than in other places, partly because you don't really have privacy laws and things like that. So the data gets, gets uh, used in different ways. Um, and so these guys are taking some of that thinking, not necessarily the, the, the legal environment, but they're taking some of that thinking and applying it outside of China. So I think this is just a toe in the water, perhaps, but um, a, a harbinger of, of what could come. Uh, so theoretically, if you're getting pitched, uh, a, a more volatile product or, or something like that, you're, you, you should already be cleared, uh, for, for, for taking that on. Um, but yes, is there a chance of mis-selling? Mis-selling exists, uh, around the world in this industry. Um, and will it take on a different shape? I don't know. Uh, but I think it's, it's a, it's a valid question. Um, the, the other issue to me is, for, you know, it's just whether or not this is actually the app from a commercial point of view that's going to make a difference. Um, I think what's really interesting is more about the way, the direction they're taking things. Will they themselves be the people or be the app that ends up uh, really breaking through and, and, and making a splash? I don't know. It's just in Chinese language. I think a lot of the principles could be applied in many markets around the world, but right now they're just focusing on Hong Kong and maybe they'll go into Taiwan. Uh, and I also received a tweet, uh, from someone in Hong Kong who, uh, who was reading our story and decided to take a look at the app for himself. And he tweeted, uh, not the easiest app to find and try out even in Chinese external messaging by Yunfang Financial for YoYu needs some reworking. So that's just a, an independent comment that came out of the blue to me and shows me that, okay, the, the ideas behind this thing are really cool. Uh, but 
will it actually gain traction? You know, they're relying on word of mouth. Um, Betterment and Wealthfront uh, got their start because they, they their first assets came from Silicon Valley. That's where they're, they're, they're housed and, and people working in the Valley loved the idea. And that gave them a shot in the arm. But the uh, and, and the Yunfeng people, they're trying to do something kind of similar by targeting financial professionals first in Hong Kong and getting people uh, in the Chinese financial world to, to, to take an interest and hope it'll blossom from there. But, you know, the, these these models have their limits and the cost of acquisition for traditional like uh, the, the early robo advisors is well north of a thousand dollars. It's very expensive to go after a consumer market. So. I think that uh, anything backed by uh, Alibaba and Jack Ma is going to have uh, probably a, a long perspective and, and deep pocket. So I don't think that this app, as it stands today, is is the exact version that's that has that's going to conquer the world, let alone just little old Hong Kong. But uh, I think that the ideas it encapsulates are are very interesting, and this will grow into something whether it's by Young Feng or by somebody else. Thank you, Jane. Unfortunately, David was not doing a very good job with podcasting and he was too expensive. So he has been replaced by a more intelligent and eloquent bot. You have been listening to Digfin Box. Today we have been speaking with Jane DiBiasio, Editor-in-Chief of Digital Finance Media. If you'd like to comment on the story, send an email to info at digitalfinancemedia.com. If you like Digfinbox, be sure to give us a good rating and share this podcast on social media. Thanks for listening.